people on the planet can tell a story like Shelby Struthers. This one is called The Story Path of Honest John Smith, the legendary Florida homesteader. His sanctuary on the north bank of Mullet Creek still bears his name. The stories of Florida come like waves, as Shelby said, of a life commandeered by an irascible soul, a pirate, a cowboy, a free spirit who survived the rocks and sandbars. I'm Jim McGinnis, and this is Stories We Can Tell. This particular piece is one of my favorites because of the subject of the story and the man telling it. Journalist, author, and teacher Peter Karasotis spoke of his friend Shelby Struther as the type of writer and storyteller who demanded your eyes and your attention whenever you saw his byline. He described Shelby hunching over an electric typewriter as over a jewel box containing priceless treasures. I can see him doing that. Excuse me if I sound too familiar in calling him by his first name, but Shelby made you feel like you knew him. His mentor, Buddy Baker, described him as a man whose whole life has been a play on words. I thought of the editor of a Florida Daily called Today that the day might come when Shelby Struther would be the best sports writer on any newspaper in the country. The day came, but I can't give you the when and where of it. The who and what are a lot more important anyway. His talent wasn't limited to the games people play on fields and courts, though, as this great interview with Honest John attests. What else is there to say? Style can be taught, Mr. Baker said. Soul cannot. So here is the story past of Honest John Smith. Sir, my first name is Honest. That piece of etiquette taken care of, the old man begins telling his story. He tells of prohibition and running bootleg rum aboard sailboats into Sebastian Inlet, which he helped dig of Al Capone and the U.S. government stalking him at the same time. The obvious danger was but a spice, a condiment for all the fun. Lord, yes, the fun. Money had little to do with it, although a case of fine whiskey could be had for $18 a case in the Bahamas and sold for 125 not too far away from the inlet. <laughs> The old man also casts off in different directions. He confesses to a sense of smallness that ominous afternoon 50 years ago, a few miles off the coast of Fort Pierce, when he realized he had a 3,000-pound great white shark on his fishing line. We had to tow it. Our 26-foot boat, boat was too small. I used a 7-foot shark for bait. About five miles of chain. Yes, sir. That was a big fish, he said, the pride oozing like sweat from his enormous body. They come like waves, the stories of Florida. Once upon a time, stories of a man who drank of life's rich experiences and living color adventures like it was his father's peach brandy. Stories that are never the same, always pounding and ebbing, washing clean and muddying, ravaging the senses of anyone listening. There is, an e there is an even muted joy in his words, a bridled enthusiasm. He is more than an historian, he's an eyewitness, and he always has a salty earful to share. 
But then Honest John Smith always did know how to set a hook. In a patch quilt style, he stitches together a life commandeered by an irascible soul, a pirate, a cowboy, the free spirit who survived the rocks and sandbars and timeshares. Time has whittled his body and he is too old and feeble and fat to do much of anything but reminiscence. As the singer reminds us, some of it's magic, some of it was tragic, but he had a good life all the way. Amen. He recalls the last appearance of Halley's Comet, which makes the scene every 76 years. He describes oysters more than a foot long, the likes of which will never be seen again. He talks matter-of-factly about the whorehouse in the same building where he attended school all the way through 8th grade. Then the snake interrupts him. It slides over callous, gristled feet, which have not worn shoes since his wife's funeral several years ago. Neither the old man nor the snake pay any attention to the other. Just a rat snake, says Honest John. It gets the rats. He shrugs and resumes his tale. Yet another sliver of adventure, random selection from a most remarkable eccentric life. Just as the old man describes the eyes of the sea, <clears throat> of the sea bath, excuse me, that was 27 feet in width, the snake makes another pass. To the outsider, it seems a stressful cohabitation. The concept of man as just another tenant seems foreign. What about all the snakes, rats, mosquitoes, all the other vermin and pests and critters that infest the fortress paradise that has been home to Honest John Smith for all his 80 years? Wouldn't he like to get rid of them? There is a rumble and then a shudder from the old man, a silent laugh that manifests only in the form of a tremendous jiggle of flesh gone soft, a 300-pound horrumph. Sir, I am not the one to ask about evictions. It don't matter if I like them or not. They homesteaded here. They were here first. They have a right to be here. He is surrounded by yesterday, angry about tomorrow. Honest John Smith faces the twilight, stares it down with his one good eye. The trade winds rustle through the tall pines and off in the distance. He can hear the screech of birds sensing imminent danger. Across the creek, the squawk of a crane cuts through the serenity. John Smith ignores the encroachments. The world can go to hell without him. He is out from underneath it. He never quit fighting. He continues to refuse acknowledgement of progress as a necessary evil. He labored to prevent the rape of nature, to save the oysters and the dune lines and the snook, those newfangled clam rakes. Mosquito sprays that act like chemotherapy, killing the good cells as well as the bad ones. The causeways that block the flow of water and change the salinity and bring about saltwater intrusion. All have eaten away at the delicate balance. He is outnumbered, but mainly he is 80 years old. Yeah, Honest John Smith held his own until he got too old to give a damn. It is time to be content with watching the Kingfisher die for food in Mullet Creek. To know he is aiding and abetting the fragile perpetuation of a dwindling species. Good stuff, don't you think? Shelby's love for Florida was deep. 
At the height of his career, he told his friend Pete Carasotis, I'd give up the money and the traveling and all that if I could just get me a little place down near Sebastian, fish a little, play some hoops, drink a few buds, write a few stories when they came along. That would be perfect. Yeah, that would have been good for all of us. We lost Shelby far too soon, but he left us with a great many treasures. And the best of his work is assembled in a book called Saddlebags, his nickname for his hometown of Satellite Beach. Well, let's get back to Honest John. Once in a while, he sees hints of life in the woods as it should be, but mostly he hears the rumble of the 20th century trampling around his sanctuary on the north bank of Mullet Creek near Floridana Beach. Old Florida is vanishing. John Smith understands. <clears throat> he is part of the disappearing act. I listen to people talk about religion, that there are so many wars with religion being the cause. I really believe it's going to be the wind-up of the world. We're going to blow ourselves up trying to impress this God or that God. My religion is knowing right from wrong. It's watching a fish hawk learn its babies how to catch something to eat. Ain't no way it can do it, but it does. That's God. He's all around here if people will leave him alone. For several seconds, only sounds, the only sounds are those of chattering squirrels. Then Honest John Smith says, The last time that comet showed up, these people up the road who owned a hotel burned it to collect the insurance and tried to blame it on the comet. They said it had a tail of fire that dragged so low that it caught their place on fire. And there's another shiver of silent laughter. And he doesn't say it, but you know John Smith w wishes there would be another fire or two, and not for insurance purposes either. John Smith was born in the same bedroom he sleeps in today. He's never owned a television set. He once killed a black bear as it interrupted a family picnic on the beach, hiding behind the sea oats. One bullet from a World War I Colt 45 right between the eyes. That's the bear skull hanging on the wall. The pistol, it's under the pillow on Honest John's bed. The fish camp is run by his daughter and her husband now. The rolling tranquility of the place overwhelms at times. The man, is the, <clears throat> the man in the house doesn't get around much, but you feel his presence nonetheless. I got the Solaroid poisoning, Honest John says. Skin cancer. It has desecrated him. I don't get out in the sun anymore. My grip is bad. I can't throw a cast net no more. And ever since I had my eye put out, the result of a fall on a nail, can't shoot with my left eye and I ain't got no right one. No more fishing or hunting. Can't hardly stand that, he says. John Smith Jr. lives in Palm Beach now. Honest John's son, however, will never forget a special childhood that took place in the raw wilderness. He remembers the mosquitoes. Dad got to where the mosquitoes didn't bother him. I used to walk up behind him and he wouldn't have a shirt on and his back would be almost black with mosquitoes. I'd slap at them and there would be a big smear of blood all over his back. I'd ask him, didn't you feel him? And he'd just shake his head. My dad is an amazing man. Honest John's sense of fun, his love of shocking people have <clears throat> made him some frolicking, ribald times. 
never any malice, always looking for a grin. The old Melbourne Beach Casino is gone now, the legend of Honest John endures. He walked into the bar, it was happy hour, Honest John raised both hands and declared, when Honest John drinks, everyone drinks. And the cheers bounced off the walls of the crowded room as everyone stormed the counter and started screaming orders at the bartender. When everyone had been served, at last there was a lull. Honest John flipped a quarter on the bar and announced, and when Honest John pays, everyone pays. The story touches a nerve. I wasn't the most popular guy in town after that, he snickers. I never was. His 300-acre plantation was homesteaded by his father, Robert Toome Smith, a farmer who fled Georgia after the Civil War. His father showed up in Brevard County with $35 in his pocket. For a while, he worked at pineapple plantations in Melbourne. He gained the land after a long battle with another man claiming ownership. The deed, if I'm not mistaken, is signed by Teddy Roosevelt, Honest John explained. I have a lot of memories in my childhood, like old man Jefferson chasing us through his banana patch, or trading eight pounds of cabbage with old Wag, the barber, for a haircut. Once when the mischief overcame his good judgment, he put a horse saddle on an untamed but captured porpoise and tried to ride it. About broke my damn neck. He talks of deals and scams and treasure maps that never led anywhere. The buddies and partners and enemies from the past have mainly passed on. Red Arnold, the retired CB with a terrific sense of humor. The caretaker named Mobley, who once rode in the Ashley gang. Mama Cuckoo. Pinder, the conk from the Keys, who was the best man with a harpoon who ever lived. Most of them's dead now, John says. He leans back in his chair, banging against the wall of the front porch. Thousands of telephone numbers are scribbled on the wall. A huge seahorse is impaled with a single nail near the antique saw. Pieces of a man's life, not exactly displayed, not exactly treasure or trash. Out on the Spoils Island, the wreckage of the World War II trainer plane halts the melody of nature and beauty. The Navy wasn't real proud of the fact a daring, low-altitude, slow-moving plane uh, landing technique ended up in disaster on civilian property, particularly on us John Smith's land. I believe the boy flying the plane bailed out, he said. They talk about the trout in Mullet Creek, monsters. They say Honest John has killed a dozen men, murderer. The stories sometimes are devoid of wholesomeness and filled with exaggeration. There's some trophy trout out there and out and about. Honest John is a masterful marksman. One has nothing to do with the other. I've never shot at another man. I would, though, I was, if it was in self-defense. And he tells of the time the motorcycle gang rolled, rolled onto his property and surprised him as he slept. Give us your money, they demanded, standing over his bed. Go to hell, he said. They threatened to kill him. I told them they probably would, but I'd take at least two or three with them. And I pulled out my pistol. They got the hell out of there. Barbara Arnold is Honest John's daughter. She moved back to his estate six years ago. It's so unique out here, so different, so fresh, she says. I never knew how much I loved this place until I moved away. I don't approve of everything he's done, Barbara said, but he's had a full life. He isn't going to change. People should leave him alone. I think that's all he wants right now. A mullet jumps. Honest John Smith's feet twitch. 
There's an instinct, a calling to go grab a cast net and turn that show off mullet into dinner. Just like during World War II when the hooligans navy, an all-volunteer vigilante patrol made its rounds. Plenty of ammo and beverage on board in search of German U-boats off the coast of Brevard County. A reflex call to arms. He is a protector. Last December on his birthday, his family presented him with a flag and flagpole to be raised at the end of the pier of his fortress paradise. A friend played God Bless America on the trumpet. John Smith stood and saluted and reached for a beer when everything was done. The celebration is not in triumph over the enemy, it is in the quest itself. My doctor prunes me and scrapes my barnacles and tells me I'm doing all right, he said. I could have told him that. And out of the water another fish jumps. It is the cue for another story. This one about Pinder, the harpoon specialist. Got a sea cow once, which is the best eating you'll ever find. Better than pork, better than sand crane, better than loggerhead turtle, better than armadillo. The jiggle overcomes him again, a perfect pull of the leg. The laugh is symmetrical, a ripple that becomes a groundswell that dies from lack of wind near the shoreline. A curlew flies by, it looks like a pink flamingo to the visitor. Honest John's knowledge of birds and animals is self-taught, self-experienced. Never ate a curlew, he said. I will say there ain't many things that I haven't tried. I've seen Cuba at its best, caught some big fishes. <clears throat> There's been some rough riding and some narrow escapes, but I always manage to have fun on each day. The land is valuable, probably worth millions. As the sunset nears, why doesn't he sell it and become a millionaire? What in the hell would I do with a million dollars that I can't do already? He smiles. The gentle side of John Smith is basking in the afternoon. He is a warmth that is eternal and on the endangered species list at the same time.